One of the biggest problems facing us today is our healthcare system, or as today's guest puts it, our sick care system. Some estimates say that in the US, millennials will spend up to 60% of their lifetime's earnings on their healthcare. While this year alone, the healthcare industry took in over $4 trillion in revenue. How do we get so far down this rabbit hole? What can we do to reclaim our well-being for ourselves and for our future? Today's guest, Dr. Dave Tusick, will help us to begin to make sense of it all as he shares his experience reinventing his healthcare practice and helping to reinvent a healthcare exchange for the state of Colorado. Today, we have a great episode about the future of healthcare. I'm Michael Sean Conaway, and welcome to the Boldly Now Show. Burning desire, big ideas, bold action. I have the great pleasure of introducing you guys to Dr. Dave Tusek. Dave is the founder of Cloud Medical, a direct primary care healthcare practice, and a founding partner of Ravel Health, an alternative healthcare marketplace based upon healthcare versus sick care. I want to say about Dave is that he's always been interested in looking at health from a broader perspective. And I really like this distinction between healthcare versus sick care. We're going to hear a bit about that today. Um, welcome, to, uh, welcome to our show, Dave. Well, thanks so much for having me, Michael Sean. It's good to be here. Yeah, I you know, Dave, healthcare, fitness, these are things that, um, you know, like my personal health or my personal fitness or in general, these are topics that, you know, we're surrounded by and inundated by them all the time. They're a large topic of conversation, but somehow each of us have our own struggles with dealing with our fitness and dealing with our health. And I just wonder if, if you could, for us, just help us understand the foundation of this. You know, what is healthcare? And or what is health and fitness uh, for me as a person? Yeah, I think it's maybe one of the most central questions of our lives, you know. And I think it 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 deserves to be honored with a a very thorough kind of unpacking in a way that I I feel that our culture, um, and particularly from the perspective of the mainstream system and the, the machinery of um, our uh, the way that we provide healthcare services to the people of our country <clears throat> has sort of left half of the pie missing you know I think that we do an amazing job we I always start by honoring the the miracles of modern medicine the the extraordinary marvels and truly the magic of you know advanced diagnostics and therapeutics the way that they're administered um, by all of the great hospitals academic medical centers specialties nationwide but most of them are oriented in practicing in a way that um, deals with sick care you know as you pointed out in the intro so it's a framework or it's a mental model that's devoted to understanding how things go wrong in our bodies from molecules to cells to organ systems to organisms. And despite the immense value of that mental model and that framework and, and that epistemology of understanding, um, you know, where I think there's still a lot of confusion 
and where there's a lot of mystery and then where the conversation can be enriched in my opinion is to say okay but what is health and what is healing and how do we complement that with our understanding of sickness and you know this is an area that i didn't get any training in in medical school nobody sat down and said well now we're going to you know have a class on what it means to be healthy and what it means to heal um and so as i've you know sat with with patients and and as i've tapped into these questions for my own self to try to understand what all this means you know i've come to believe that we have to complement it with some acknowledgement of what it means to flourish what it means to thrive what it means to live your best life what it means to live the best life or the fullest or the most abundant life that our heart knows is possible and i also think that many of us are called and this is intimately devoted to our own personal experience of health and well-being to this idea of contributing to building the most beautiful world that our hearts know is possible in the words of Charles Eisenstein. So to be in the flow, to be in coherence with those things and to understand, you know, what it is that we want most in life and how do we connect with what we are here to do. And then very much you know, or, or equally as much understand what it is that's in the way of that. What is holding us back? What is keeping us from attaining the connection or the coherence of that, that flow that makes us feel that we are in resonance in coherence with, with that purpose. Um, and, and really again, understanding where that resistance lies, whether that resistance is out there in the world or whether it's actually within us, something is limiting us, right? So to get into these deep questions that I think last a lifetime, that I think um, many of us are stuck in, and particularly if we look at where we are as a culture, I mean, one of the great I, I think thinkers that, that clarifies this is Yoel Noah Harari. And he says, you know, most of us are basically in a place where we're working at jobs that we hate to buy shit that we don't need. So we can post about it on Facebook and have people that we don't know that well say, OMG, I'm so jealous while we still feel empty inside. So as a critique of kind of where we are currently as a, uh, as a society, um, I think acknowledging where that may actually represent our feeling of being stuck and then identifying the ways that we can move through that and past that is, I believe, essential to, um, to deeply embodying the fullest capacity of our health. Yeah, so, so you'd say our body is the, the vehicle of our purpose or our, our self-expression in life. And, and so let me get this straight. So if, if my, if I'm not connected to my purpose and not being able to express it, does that, does that show up as, as discomfort in the body or blockages in the body? Is that part of the, part of the not of me understanding my own health? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we all kind of intuitively deep down know that. I think so much of this is is uh, the kind of truth that we feel in our body, right? And so, um, you know, I, I think that one of the things that we struggle with, I certainly have in my life is, and you're kind of alluding to it, which is, man, is there some kind of a map? Is there some sort of a coherent framework that we can point to and say, ah, these are the necessary and essential elements of all the things that we need to be healthy and to thrive. And so what, what is on that map? And, you know, I think that the integral model, the four quadrant integral model actually helps us understand that. And I've come to understand that or come to believe or or feel in my body and in my brain that the path towards the deepest form of health that we can experience is by, I call it reconnecting to the four disconnections. And so the body is the first one that we tend to be disconnected to. The highest self or our essential truth or our greatest meaning or our deepest purpose is the second one that we tend to be disconnected to. One another in relationship, in harmony, in, in a sense of solidarity, since we live in the most polarized society in, you know, as far as we can remember, um, is another thing that we need to disconnect, reconnect to, the disconnection we need to reconnect to. And the fourth is nature itself. So as we kind of work around these four quadrants of reality, and we say, all right, like, in what way do I feel embodied and in communication with and in connection with these 60 or 70 trillion cells that make up my soma, that make up my mortal form, right? And I think that many of us um, need help here. Like I certainly have needed help here to understand what that even looks like. You know, when we talk about our our core, you know, the deep muscles that connect our upper body to our lower body, most of us are like, oh, you mean the abs, my six pack? It's like, no, bro, we're talking about these structural elements that actually help us move similar to our glute muscles. You know, most of the time we only think about them when we're trying on a swimming suit. And it's like, these are fundamental parts of our bodies that having a greater awareness of is what allows us to move around this planet without having chronic back pain, for instance. You know, and the same goes for, um, well, I mean, we could talk about the really, really negative ways in which we're neglectful of our digestion, of all the processes that we don't really even think about unless something goes wrong. And so how can we have that more intimate relationship with this vessel, with this vehicle in a way that, you know, connects us deeper rather than uh, allows us to ignore and to neglect and in in many cases actually hate our bodies. And so this needs to be, I think, talked about, thought through, um, openly discussed. And there are many pathways that we can come back to and, and talk about how to how to use various forms of stress, various forms of hormesis, various forms of 
um, oscillating between different polarities to actually drop into a, a very, very deep connection with our body. But yeah, fundamentally, you know, the, the easy answer about reconnecting to the body is around the five pillars of health, which are hydration, nutrition, exercise, sleep, and stress reduction. So if we're dehydrated, pop-tart eating, sedentary, insomniac stress balls, our body isn't going to feel very good. Our cells aren't going to be very happy. And so there's, there's some both simple and fairly esoteric ways where we can really reinforce the connection to our body. And so similarly, there's this idea that you're, you mentioned this higher purpose or this sense of, you know, even being comfortable in our skin or finding our voice or feeling that we are in coherence with and are aware of why we're here. Like, what, what is it that I'm here to do? What does the world need? What is mine to do? And how can I be helpful in this life, in this short period of time that I, I get to be here? And those of us that have a strong awareness uh, of those things, I believe um, that translates directly towards uh, both how we feel in this body, but also how we feel in the context of, you know, thriving and abundance and flourishing and moving through the world with a sense of a purpose. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that when we begin to think about, well, what is my purpose? What is our meaning of life? Whenever we tune into that, whenever we begin to awaken to the answer to that question, it's always the same response. It's always the same answer. And, and it's a cosmic joke. It's like, it's never been about you. It's always about what it is you are here to offer. What it, what it is that is our gift to offer to others in service of others, right? So whenever we tune into that wavelength of I am here with the spirit of offering and contributing my gift to other people. Man, we're totally in coherence with our, our, our purpose in our life. And that directly translates into, um, a, an embodied sense. It's a feeling of a vibrational frequency. That's how I experience it personally of being in coherence with something that's much more important than just me and my little ego. I now am connected to a part of myself that is all-knowing, all-loving, infinite, and eternal. And I think that's actually the component of ourselves that allows us to really be healthy and to really heal on the most deep and fundamental level. And so the question is, well, what are the pathways to help us connect to those elements, to those aspects of ourselves, which we all have. Everybody has that capacity to connect to that part of ourselves. And yet, you know, certainly most of us don't get that in school. Most of us don't have conversations around the kitchen table about those things. And we sure as heck don't have those conversations in the doctor's office, generally speaking. But I believe in the future, 
Um, and you know, here we are boldly now building the future together. Right. So, um, so even now these conversations are a very fundamental part of our concept of, of a true health, a deep kind of health. And very similarly, rarely do we get the opportunity to, to learn about what it means to have healthy, nourishing, nurturing relationship based on love and kindness. Like there's no clear path to that. There's not a class in high school on that typically. And, you know, many of us come from relationships of abuse, of conflict, relationships of codependency. And so where do we get the modeling for understanding how um, to express the part of our lives that requires connection to one another and to be in this type of communication with the people around us, our friends, our family, our coworkers, our loved ones, where we can actually be golden mirrors for one another, reflecting what we see. It's like, this is what I see when I look at you. This is the beauty within you that I fully am aware of, that you're not even aware of yourself. Let me show you that beauty that you're not aware of in yourself. While at the same time, sometimes I have to show you your shadow. Sometimes I have to, in a way that's devoted to your highest self and your most fullest growth and and development and awakening, here's the part of you that you're not seeing, that I have to call you out on so that we can together be partners in accountability, living for one another and with one another rather than against one another. But these are the kinds of relationships that we all want, that we all crave, that we all need so much. And so a new conversation about health has to include that. That has to be a fundamental part of it. Healthy, healing, nurturing, conscious relationships. And then the fourth is, you know, nature. And that's absolutely, I need to spend more time, you know, walking around barefoot on the grass and having sunlight shine on my face and connecting to trees and plants and animals and fresh air and all of those things. But as we well know, um, it also goes to the way in which we're interacting with earth and with nature on a societal level, uh, uh, on a transactional level. How do we use natural resources? How do we actually care for the earth in a way that's not constantly extractive and toxifying? And that not only directly relates to our health in the sense that, yeah, I mean, most of us are now awash in endocrine disrupting chemicals. And most of the food we eat is um, polluted with glyphosate and all of those aspects. But it also means that I certainly feel in my heart and, and many of the people that I know feel in our hearts a sense of pain, a sense of um, hypocrisy even, that we know we can do better. We know that we can live in greater harmony and greater stewardship with the earth. And yet our 
our social infrastructures or societal infrastructures make it so freaking hard to do that, make it so complicated and difficult. And it's the, the escape velocity from living in an extractive way with our planet is actually really, really hard to overcome. And so that's where this new marketplace of health, I think, is really important to help us, help all of us together um, be more in coherence with understanding what we need to be healthy, supporting those aspects within our community that exist, that are already doing it in a different way, that are already doing it in a more healthy and healing way, and then creating a very simple and effective and efficient ramp that we can all access these things um, with the spirit of trying to care for the earth in a better way. And as we do care for our communities in a better way, and as we do care for our, our own bodies with a deeper sense of, of again, coherence and integration. So I hope I didn't ramble on too much, but those are the four disconnections. <laughs> and I think the four disconnections are great. It's a great access to like, well, how do I deal with my health right now? Or how do I deal with my relationship to my health and my fitness? And it brings to mind the, 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 the axiom, uh, you know, with consciousness brings choice. Uh, without yeah. that, we only have habit. And I yeah. think a lot of us are, are you know, we, we grow up however we grow up and we adopt the habits we adopt. Um, and then we feel resigned and stuck to our habits. And what I heard in your conversation is that the first step to health and fitness is consciousness, is actually mm. my conscious awareness, you said, to the body, uh, um, to um, my purpose, my inner inside world, my relationship with the earth, my relationship with my community. And, um, you know, so I think most people who are peddling, get healthy, get fit things are are, you know, are giving us really small solutions in comparison to what you're talking about. Like, oh, do more, yeah. do more core work, like, or do more, you know, go do this, this exercise routine or go eat this food or this super, you know, protein source or whatever. There are all these kind of, if you will, um, reduced to their consumptive um, um, units of measure. Can I make something that people can consume is, is kind of the source of that. And that is, that is as far away from a conscious approach to the body as I can imagine to consume something else that might fix something that I feel is wrong. And, you know, I think when I hear you, I just feel this profound connection to um, the experience of being human, that I, yeah. that I live in a body and that if I can take some time to become conscious of these things, then I have the ability to be in a conscious dialogue and make choices versus the, our external world right now with its consumerism wants me to buy a product and it takes me out of my consciousness. It takes me out mm -hmm. of awareness um, and mm -hmm. gets me into some kind of reactionary state. And that's a that's a seismic shift. As I was saying, yeah. that's, a, that's a really large shift to move from responding or reacting what's in the, the advertising space about our health and fitness to actually becoming conscious and aware of. I think a big part of that, Dave, and I, I want to just thank you because you're, you're my doctor. <laughs> I want to be, thank, thank uh, you is, is a big part of that is actually having relationships with mentors and coaches in the health and fitness space that have a sense of this um, journey into consciousness around the body. Um, and I would, 
I would recommend anybody that, that um, is confronting their own fitness or healthcare to, to find uh, healthcare professionals, uh, fitness professionals that, that really have this sense of holistic sense of the body and consciousness. Um, you, you need some support in this sometimes because as far as habits are concerned, the habits that lie in our body are some of our deepest patterned habits that we have. Um, and sometimes we just need that support. And also we want to do these things. If we're going to make changes to our health. I want to say to our listeners, make sure you do it with the support of, of your healthcare provider. Make sure that uh, if you, especially if you're making any kind of strong changes in your healthcare uh, regime or your diet to, to be sure you have the support of your healthcare provider. Um, so thank you for that, Dave. And thank you for the support of people you give through Cloud Medical. Um, you did mention a little bit uh, Ravel. And I know that a lot of your work, and especially even the way the cloud medical works, um, is different. And a lot of your work has not just been on people's healthcare, but really considering healthcare for us all. Uh, communities, uh, I know first in Boulder, Colorado, and now with the whole state of, of, of Colorado. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about your work and what you see as possible for us, for us collectively, if we can up-level our, our, our healthcare system to being a true healthcare system versus a sick, sick care system. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, so I think what we need to do is the Bruce Lee move. That's what we need. So Bruce Lee was asked, you know, what makes a world-class martial arts uh, performer or practitioner or you know, how do you build the best martial arts school? And he's like, well, that's easy. You take all of the existing schools out there and you look at each of them and you take what's good, you add what's missing and you discard the rest. Right. And I think that's the move that we need to make here. Um, we need to keep the so many amazing, brilliant, wonderful aspects of the healthcare system. We need to figure out, okay, what is it that we actually are missing that we need to incorporate and add into the mix and then get rid of the stuff that just isn't working. And so from that kind of a frame, I think, um, you know, as we look at creating a platform where people can not only, you know, purchase healthcare services, but, but see them in that context that you were alluding to, which is defragmented, which isn't randomly assorted, but actually is integrated in a holistic kind of worldview that respects and honors and acknowledges all of the necessary components of health. You know, what would that look like? And so sure, we would need to buy some primary care or sign up with a primary care practice. And sure, we would need to enroll in some kind of a major medical coverage. But exactly to your point that you just made, we also need mentors to help us reestablish that connection to our body. You know, so there are people who've devoted their lives to serve as guides for for all of us, whether we have pain in our bodies or not, whether we are injured or not, to reacquaint ourselves with how these systems work. And so I think having a body worker is a fundamental component to that. And there are obviously many, many schools of 
how and many different modalities to allow us to do that. And we can begin to unpack the, the, the various subtleties of all of those. But we need some representation of that. We also need some representation of a connection to that part of our psyche that allows us to begin to breathe a little room between our ordinary everyday consciousness and our ego and that part of us that can witness that ego from a place that's more awake and more pure and more conscious. I think we also need to be in communication with mentors and guides that can help us devote ourselves to deeper, healthier, more meaningful relationships with our loved ones so that we don't continue to fall into patterns of abuse. And so, you know, we can get into to the details of all of that, but basically we're talking about people who can help us wake up, grow up, address our trauma, which we all have, right? We are all on some level traumatized and being able to access that, acknowledge that, work through that, process that, and integrate that actually is the step or the way to have more healthy relationships with our loved ones so that we're not perpetuating our own trauma through those relationships with our kids, with our spouses, with our friends, and so on and so forth. So to have guides there to allow us to do that. But then to take it even further and to say, well, who are the real healers in our community? And I would offer that it's actually not the doctors or the people that prescribe pills and potions. I think on the most basic level, if if all the second graders know that we are what we eat, literally, then it has to be the people that grow our food. The healers, truly, on the most fundamental level in our communities, are the farmers and the ranchers and the beekeepers and the producers of consciously uh, consciously grown produce and meat and eggs and all of those types of things. And so the platform that I believe we need is to see all of these components of health provided conveniently in a way that not only allows us to access all of those things and to literally build a world-class program for our most abundant health and our most flourishing life, but to actually recognize, and I think this is a very critical component, that since we are in a society that still uses money as our circulatory system, I believe that sometime in the future, probably generations from now, we will be in a post-money society. But currently, our circulatory system is one based on money, that we have to be more conscious about how the way that we use money relates to our health. And so what we're proposing at Ravel is that we identify the purveyors and the producers of goods and services that actually support our health on a community level and directly support them. So it's really kind of a, an Andrew Yang kind of a move of universal basic income as a concept. And to say that, look, our CSAs, our organic farms, 
our farm to table restaurants are actually fundamentally related to whether we have a, a healthy community or not. And they are vulnerable and fragile right now, particularly in COVID times. And so the platform, the Ravel platform, is designed not only to help us purchase the stuff that we need to be healthy, but in so doing, support the very sources of those healing products and services. And I'll give you a quick example. Imagine if 200 people decided that as part of their annual healthcare spend, they were going to devote $100 a month to a farm-to-table restaurant in their community, right? And that farm-to-table restaurant sources locally produced food in the nearby farms. And that farm-to-table restaurant could go along attracting their customers in the normal way, right? But every month they knew that they had 200 people reliably and dependably giving them $100 a month of revenue, that's $20,000 that they could depend on no matter what. And I believe that that's the kind of UBI that we need. We don't need UBI necessarily coming from the government or constant capital infusions from grants and philanthropy. I believe that UBI should actually come from our community itself by being more conscious and more aware to the way that we circulate our money and to spend it on things that support the health and the healing of our community, identifying the true healers, which again, I would say the farmers are, you know, we should be most reverent to them because they're, what they're doing for us in the world is most fundamentally related to our health because they're not only growing food consciously, they're actually healing our soil. They're cleaning our air, right? They're, they're purifying the water uh, in, in the way that they're growing our food using permaculture and, you know, regenerative agriculture um, concepts. And so we're trying to connect this idea of regenerative agriculture with regenerative health and regenerative economics. And I think that's the move. And the idea is to create a platform that can enable that, that's hyper-local, that exists to support uh, the the various, um, again, salutogenic is the word that we use which means health generating as opposed to just using the lens of pathogenesis, which is really the lens of our current healthcare system exclusively. So we believe that combining this idea of pathogenesis, which means where does disease and sickness come from and re retaining that understanding, but complementing it with a knowledge of salutogenesis, which is where does our health come from? And then carefully identifying all of those amazing shining stars out there that are already working in this realm locally in our communities supporting them celebrating them encouraging them and 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 doing that both with our hearts in appreciation and gratitude but also with the way that we spend money in support of them and um 
and creating a new platform where we purchase healthcare in a completely different way that that complements all of these things and lays it out in a very very simple to use manner. Yeah, well, that's um, that's by the way, that's a lot, and I just want to acknowledge that yeah. you went you took it from like t- talking about how we're going to handle our, our healthcare personally and the consciousness that needs to be present to do that to the same kind of consciousness being brought to our communities. And uh, it's extraordinary thinking, first of all, Dave, and then extraordinary that that you and your your partners are are working towards providing the solution. And this is at first in the state of Colorado, right? This is where you're... you're yeah, we're launching it here in, in the Boulder, Denver area. And the platform, the tech platform is universally scalable. So we can teleport it or transport it into Minneapolis or Albuquerque or San Jose or wherever. But in each of those communities, the actual uh, components, the, the, the people, the workers, the, the plans, the farms, the, the, the products, et cetera, will all be as local as possible. Now, not all communities around the country are lucky enough to have, you know, abundant, uh, local CSAs and, and organic farms. But in as much as we can preserve that localism, I think that that's where we connect health with the other aspect of, of health, which is resilience. So I think that there's a very deep element or aspect of understanding this idea of thriving and being healthy and flourishing with being resilient, mm. with being hyper-fragile. Or anti-fragile, uh, hyper-resilient. And, you know, we can get into to this, and I'm, I'm not sure if we have enough time to do that now, but, you know, that's really what 2020 was. Mm-hmm. 2020 as a crisis was an unveiling of all of the ways in which, as a society, both as individuals, but also as a, as a society, we're unhealthy, we're vulnerable and fragile, and we have deep core traumas and wounds that need to be healed right as a as a country and um i i i think that 2020 and the pandemic and everything was sort of like a a windstorm that blew off all of the layers of dust and sand so that we could see you know the the runes underneath or the the hieroglyphics or whatever and now that we've sort of seen them we can't unsee them and so what we need to do now is to say, okay, we've, we've seen the core wound of our country and, and the scar that the legacy of racism and the decimation of the indigenous people of this country that we have not healed from, that we need to acknowledge and, and consciously enter into some kind of a conversation to help us move towards what might be some kind of a process of healing, what that might look like. We need to acknowledge the ways that we're vulnerable and fragile and not just for a pandemic, but also it really exposed us to this idea of, oh my gosh, it's not just a virus that really stresses our society and and reveals all of the vulnerabilities. But, you know, when is the next shoe going to drop? When is the next climate change induced food distribution uh, disruption going to occur? 
that makes it hard for us to to even have food potentially in, in various parts of the world or or the country. You know, um, energy and grid failures and power outages and cyber attacks and all of these things came became much more clear in our conscious that gosh, we're we're actually not as resilient as we wish we were. And third, we're we're sicker than we even realized, you know, and I think the pandemic clearly exposed the fact that we're in the midst of multiple simultaneous pandemics at the same time, you know, chronic disease and addiction and meaninglessness, and we can go down the list. And, you know, probably the most imminent of all is the fact that the current healthcare system that we have is totally running off of an economic cliff. And according to Forbes magazine, a, a guy that I know and really respect, a thinker in healthcare reform named David Chase, um, basically wrote that we're the projection and the, the arc that we are on currently is such that the millennial generation will spend two thirds of their total life earnings on healthcare. You know, we're already eclipsing. Healthcare spending is already eclipsing the entire annual federal reserve budget. And so when we look at all of the simultaneous pandemics, the crisis of the economics of healthcare, the fact that we're only treating sickness and we've lacked the awareness or the, the ability or the aptitude to actually understand where health and healing source from, where they come from, how do we generate that? How do we support that? Um, like, like we have to do it differently. The, 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 we don't even have a choice anymore. It's becoming a, a fundamental societal need to have a new worldview, new framing of this. And, and, um, yeah, that's what we're in with great humility. We I don't pretend that we have all the answers, but we're using our beautiful, beloved community as an idea lab, right? As a, place where we can rapidly prototype these different creative um, responses to, to what we see as multiple uh, critical potential failure points in the near future. So, Yeah, Dave, you have just taken us from the personal to the community to the global in, uh, in a, a very brief time. Uh, and I think this is the, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot at Boldly now is how do we go from the me to the we to the world? And, you know, you can see your purpose showing up. You can see in your kind of personal disposition and the way you're approaching these topics. I can see your your purpose, your, your care and concern and love for people. But I see it show up in the, the very small level, uh, the me level, the we level very clearly. And then you're doing the same work at the level of the world. And I think this is a great model for our listeners to really imagine. You know, once you start actually getting into your purpose and having it showing up in the world, having your work actually make a contribution is that you can begin to think of or consider a larger area of impact or a larger community of impact. And, uh, you know, I think that's what you've done through your career. I mean, now you're at the level of, of the state of Colorado, a program that can go to other states. I'm, I'm waiting for the next chapter, Dave, when, uh, you know, you'll be working on, on global health issues uh, with the same kind of perspective, which is the perspective that is is really really been missing uh, this holistic or looking at the whole picture, looking at the uh, the 
the, the wellness of people and the wellness of the soil and the wellness of relationships. You know, I, I, in this, um, when we talk about these specific topics, it becomes really clear in speaking to you that we, that there is no silosation between the purpose and the healthcare and our relationships. Uh, these things all uh, contribute to the quality of our life. Uh, and thank you so much for your contributions um, to your community, to me personally, and to, uh, to the world. It's, it's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see and a beautiful thing to share with the world. Well, thank you for that, Michael, Sean. Um, I feel a strong heart connection with you and your family and your work and the way that you're showing up and the way that you're redefining what it means to be successful. So I honor you as a brother. Yeah, great. Thank you, Dave. Um, I hope to have you back uh, with us on the show again uh, with updates on Ravel and uh, uh, more guidance for us in our, our quest to have a thriving life for ourselves and a thriving uh, future for humanity. Um, until then, uh, lots of love, my friend. Thanks for having me. Oh. Talk, talk to you. That was so profoundly incredible to hear Dave speak about fitness and health in a completely different manner, to consider the kind of holistic system of, of what it is that resides in this physical form uh, is something that we all have to shift through. We have to transform from this notion of, of what are the parts and components of health and what am I consuming to, to get myself healthy to actually being conscious of the body and being conscious to all these relationships. Uh, so thank you, Dave Tusick, Dr. Dave Tusick. We really appreciate that, uh, that time. Uh, right now, I want to say if you want to get into a conversation with us about how you can uplevel your health and fitness, you can do a couple things. First of all, go take the assessment. Uh, that's on the Boldly You app. You can find that at bold.ly forward slash Y-O-U. Uh, download the app for Android, iOS, or you can actually just interact right there on desktop. Uh, get on the app, do the assessment for fitness. It's using some of the, the, the terminology that, that Dave just talked about so you can see where you are in that regard. Uh, and then there's some exercises and work that you can do there to begin to think about your own health and up-level that. Um, I want to say as far as your fitness and your health, make sure that if you are trying to make a, a change in your fitness to consult your doctor or healthcare provider. Um, and uh, if if you are finding it hard to do the things you already know how to do, your calendar is your best friend. Put appointments in your calendars for doing those things. Uh, I also want to invite you to um, to just get involved with us and you know, like let us help figure out how we can best help you discover your purpose and have a thriving life. Uh, Till then, take care. We love you. Goodbye. The Boldly Now Show, igniting the world of burning desire, big ideas and bold action. Be sure to download Boldly You in the App Store, Google Play, or online at bold.ly forward slash Y-O-U. Boldly You is an app and learning platform igniting your burning desire, big ideas, and bold action, generating a future for a thriving humanity. Boldly Now is an initiative of the Generative Futures Initiative generating a thriving future for humanity. Learn more at generativefuturesinitiative.com.